Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. All right, good morning, Thrive. We are glad you're here today. Oh, man. It is fall, isn't it? Woke up this morning, I'm like, man, it's cold. Well, we are continuing in Titus. Next week is our last week in Titus, and then we're going to start a new series, which is really short for just two weeks called Light and Darkness. In just two weeks, uh, we like talking about that stuff at Halloween, you know, because everybody's already freaked out. So, uh, and, then, and then we're going to move into a series um, called Family Matters through November. Um, and uh, so that's going to be good. But today, uh, we are talking about Titus 3. And I'm excited about this message because it's all about being good in a bad world. Or more specifically, being like Christ in an anti-Christ world. I don't know if you notice, things are not great right now. And if you feel like they're really good, like, I, I don't, you're like under, you're under 15, I think. <laughs> I think that's what it is. You're like, I just got back from Chuck E. Cheese and life is awesome. Good for you. Uh, I don't, does Chuck E. Cheese still exist? Is that still a thing? Okay. Uh, we haven't taken our kids to that in a long, long time. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I missed the ball pit. But so one of the things, one of the things that I'm thinking about right now is, is how do you be good in a bad world? Like, Symbols of good when I was growing up were superheroes, right? And they're still kind of that, right? Screen guys, are you with me? Um, <laughs> the thing about superheroes, like Marvel, obviously, the Marvel movies are huge. And I was a fan up, of them up through, like, you know, the last Endgame movie. And ever since then, maybe you disagree with me, but it's kind of fizzling out, Right? It's not what it once was. And part of it is you start deconstructing things. Then that's the time we're living in, right? When Captain America is more just Captain, let's drop the America. It's like, so what is he now? Right? Because no, somehow America's bad. So we can't be Captain America anymore. We're going to be just Captain, I guess. You know? And then, and then you've got the Hulk, you know, uh, who, who is an interesting hero. If your favorite hero is the Hulk, you're, you're kind of weird. Um, some people like Thor, not a big fan. Funny, not that great. I, I, I can't handle a superhero who's too good looking. <laughs> like you've got a, I need, I need a scar somewhere or whatever. But to me, the ultimate standard of superhero is and will always be Superman. <laughs> yeah, you can amen that. You can shout me down <laughs> because I am a believer in Superman. Now, some of you are not because you grew up on Marvel movies and you've missed out. The first, the original superhero film, Superman. 1970-something, uh, actually before I was born. Uh, and now it's cheesy and, you know, they, there was no such thing as CGI back then. He, but literally, Superman is not just that. He's the first superhero, period. Created by two Jewish, two Jewish friends uh, who, who, who were writing comics and, and came up with this idea. 
He is literally the first superhero. And he has a lot of actually Christ illusions, not illusions, illusions, spelled with an A, because he's sent from another world by his father to help save humanity. And he gets his power from the sun. <laughs> There's a lot of Bible things there, even unintentional. And it's kind of ironic because they were Jewish. <laughs> um, not really believers in Jesus. I'm a Superman fan. I can remember as a kid, one time we went to the Smithsonian when I was like nine. Now this is back when Superman was still kind of part of the zeitgeist. It's not as much now. Now you guys are all like into Spider-Man and... and, and and other heroes, and, and they're great, I cheer them on, I've seen all the movies, I'm a fan, because I'm a geek, but, but, Superman is a standard, and we're, we went to, we went to the Smithsonian, and we got into this new section, and it went to like this iconic, historical person of good, who was amazing, and all of a sudden, it, we didn't know what was coming on, and, and these curtains open, and the music blasts, and it's this giant image of Superman. And I was like eight or nine, and I'm like, yeah! <laughs> because he is that. He's this standard of superhero that is always good. See, that's why I like him. I've even had like dumb arguments online at times where people are like, Superman's boring. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Because he's good. See, you don't like him because he's good. But to be good in a bad world, that's true character. Doesn't mean he doesn't struggle. But he's good. When nobody else is good, he's good. Right? Guys wrote songs about it several years ago. You know, I'm not crazy or anything. You know, you guys remember that song? All right. If not, like, listen to the radio. But it was, it was a pretty good song. It's not a great song. But, and even bad Superman movies, I still like them because that's, that's my guy. That's my superhero. He is the standard bearer. And part of it is because of the good factor. He's not the anti-hero. Like, I, I think that's cool, it's enjoyable. But he's not, he's not wrestling with trying to be bad or the line of bad. No, no, it's very clear. This is good, this is bad. We don't go there. That's not who we are. And that's actually what Paul writes to Titus about, being good in a bad world, being like Christ in an anti-Christ world. Be the standard bearers. Carry the weight of goodness on your life. So I want to read that to you in that section of scripture, starting at chapter 3, verse 1. Remind the believers to submit to the government and its authorities. They should be obedient always ready to do what's good. They mustn't slander anyone, must, must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Once we too were foolish and disobedient, we were misled and we became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy and we hated each other. But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us not because of the righteous things we'd done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Christ our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. 
And I want you to insist on these teachings so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. First thing I want you to just get and gather from this section of scripture. We are saved to be good people. Listen to me. What does good mean? Let me tell you what it doesn't mean. Here's what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean you and I are Ned Flanders. <laughs> that is people's picture of what good looks like. Lame, maybe impotent, nobody wants to hang out with them, you know, doesn't watch anything outside of a G-rated movie, you know, d- uh, um, you know doesn't wear things that are ripped, like, he always smells kind of nice, his house is always clean, his kids are behaved, but deep down they're awful, you know, like, like, uh, just, Ned Flanders isn't good, he's nice. See, we have mistaken niceness for goodness. Niceness is not even in the Bible. It's not bad to be nice, but it's not a mandate. Matter of fact, there was a great revivalist in the 1800s named Smith Wigglesworth, and I, he, he encourages me because he was like my size. And uh, maybe even shorter than me. And he was a short Irish guy who went around and saw God just heal people tremendously. Read the stories. I mean, they documented his life. And, and when people would come to the altar and pray for healing, there were, he would do weird stuff. Somebody came with a tumor in their stomach and he punched them in the tumor. <laughs> do not take up this ministry. Just a quick side note. This is not advice. This is a retelling. Okay? So he punched and they would get healed. Like, it, it just went away. And, and there was a time that there was a bunch of witches, like Satan worshipers, who came into his meeting, sat in the back row to disrupt it. He walked up to the back row. This is back before we had chairs. He picked up the bench. He was a strong guy. He picked it up, and he just slid them all off the bench and kicked them out of the meeting. Like, this is who he was. One time, this is the weirdest story, okay? Documented, not advice, don't do it, okay? This is a one-time thing, all right? And probably never happen again. One time, they brought a baby who was sick. He drop-kicked the baby down the aisle. You won't see that here. Just telling you right now. They were furious. You can understand that, right? This is the anti-church growth movement. And, and, and... They took their baby and left, and they came back the next day and apologized because the baby was healed and whole. Smith Wigglesworth wasn't nice, but he was good. Nobody looks at Superman and thinks he's weak. But they do think he's good. We are called not to be a weak people, but a good people. When nobody goes to church, I'm going. I'm not not going because I'm weak. I'm going because I'm strong. When everybody else lies, I'm not going with you. When everybody else believes lies, I won't. When everybody else slanders, I don't have a J.B. Pritzker suck sign in my front yard, even though, right, exactly, I'm not nice, I'm good. Okay, so when, when we have those moments, I don't have that sign in my wa- yard. Why? Because it's slander. And I disagree wholeheartedly with most of our current governor's decisions. I think he's awful. 
Now, if you're like, I think he's doing a good job, I would appreciate a tax reimbursement from you. But, <laughs> but, if you, even if you do think that, okay, I don't have that sign in my yard, and I won't, because good people don't slander. We aren't living by the standard that says, I'm going to bash everything I don't like. Doesn't mean we don't snicker and we don't make jokes and we can't laugh at ourselves in culture at times. But what I'm saying is we don't live in that place. I don't regularly engage online with debates over people on politics. I just don't do it. And the reason I don't do it is because it all nearly always turns into slander. But what if I change their minds? You won't. But what if I do? You won't. See, good people, when the world is going to hell, we look like heaven. That's what good people do. We are saved to be good people. Now, it it says in the very beginning there, we're under the governing authorities. We're obedient to them. Now, what it doesn't say is government is God. Obey them as if they are God. It doesn't say that. We obey them until they believe they're God, and then we don't. See, I will follow leadership to the point that leadership now asks me to do the opposite of following God. For example, and this is an example, you need to know if you're new here especially, just this is where we are and who we are as a people. When the government said, don't meet as a church, we said, but the Bible says something else. And they said, we don't care. And I said, but I don't care that you don't care. (laughs) We're going to gather because this is what God says. So at this point, we're going to part ways. Did we obey the government up until that point? And after, yes. But when they said, disobey the Bible, we said, no. Because a good people follows God first, and then we'll follow government. In that order. Hopefully, they go together. But when they don't, we're with God. We are living in days where government can't always be trusted. But we can always be trustworthy. A good people are trustworthy even when governance isn't. How many people have seen in the last two to three years the absolute truth of something change? Anybody seen that once or twice? No? Maybe? Maybe the science seemed to just believe the science. And then the science changed, which seems weird. How does this, this, the absolute definitive science of something change? And yet it did. But on the other hand, we aren't slanderers. We are one of the great tricks of the enemies to be so politically ca- caught up that we become spiritually messed up. We take our eyes off the prize and our heart off the goal of our lives. Man, if we were just more politically active, I'm all for being politically active. What I'm not for is being for being politically associated. I want to be associated with Jesus, not a party. Now that being said, I often find one party is a little more in support of Christianity than the other. But sometimes it's very much not. You need to realize politicians on both sides use believers all the time. All the time. 
They don't care about you. Some do. There's a few that are good. I don't know them, but they're out there. <laughs> I don't know their names, and I don't know who they are. Right? But this is, this is what we do. We are good when the world isn't. We are light when they're not. When they're foolish, and it goes on to say, foolish and disobedient. These were all the things we were. We're not that way now. Why? Here's the difference in us now. Now, we struggle with sin, but we don't live by it. That's the difference between us and a sinner. If you're like, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, I understand the sentiment. I say it sometimes too. But it's actually not true if you're, if you're a believer. You're now called a saint. You're redeemed. You're forgiven. You are whole. You are God's beloved. You're his bride. You're his friend. God doesn't call you sinner anymore. He calls you friend. See, the difference is struggling with sin versus open, willful sin. And we don't do it anymore. Not well. Doesn't mean we don't sin. We still sin. We don't live by it, though. We don't do it willingly all the time and totally negligent. And when we do, we're often made aware of it by the Holy Spirit. We now wrestle, but we don't quit. That's what good people do. Some people say, well, Superman's just good. He's always, always going to do the good thing. And I would say... You're not the nerd that you think you are, because I've read the comics. <laughs> Superman wrestles. He wrestles with being good. There's actually a whole, I have it in my office, I have a really small Superman collection. And, and if you go back to that Superman picture, it's the best Superman art out there. It, look it up, because it's actually really cool. There's an artist named Alex Ross. And what he does is he takes real live people, and then he has them dress up in the costumes, and then he illustrates it. It's, it's pretty amazing. So it's a drawing of a photograph uh, from real people, and that's why it looks so realistic. And there's this one comic book he made called Injustice for All, and it's this moment in time where Superman tries to do the good across the planet all the time like, he, like his abilities would dictate. Because some people actually criticize the character, like he could do, he could do all the things all the time everywhere. Why doesn't he? And in, their, in that comic, they unpack, like, even then he couldn't accomplish it all. He couldn't, no matter what. And it's interesting because the story inadvertently and unintentionally says the only one who's good and accomplishes the work is Jesus. And obviously, Superman's not real. We all know that. I know that. Relax. <laughs> it's the last time I'm going to talk about him today. <laughs> but that idea, we wrestle with doing good. And we wrestle with evil, and we wrestle with doubt, but we don't quit, and it doesn't rule us. Some people feel like if they wrestle, they just give up. Good people don't quit. Now we battle, but we don't surrender. We don't give in to the ways of this world. We stop, and we fight back. You know what? If you're like, man, I'm concerned about what's happening in my public school then show up to the meeting and speak up. Don't show up and be abrasive. Don't be rude. Don't be cruel. Don't slander them. Just tell the truth and be good. Take a stand when nobody else will. See, when we took a stand even as a church and as a people, we didn't do it and we're like, screw you, governance. No, that wasn't our attitude and we're not going to take it. That is not what we're going to do. Our attitude is, 
we're going to do what's good. And we're going to let you know what isn't good by our lives and our example and sometimes by our words. What I'm not going to do is be cruel and slander you back. And I will battle. We will go to war in the spirit and against some things in the natural. We're not here to fight you. We're here to fight the enemy of our souls. Now we fall, but we get up. Christians, good people, are not perfect people, are not people who've arrived at anything. We're people who've been forgiven. And now we are not people who lay in the mud. We're people who fall and we get up. Good people are not without their brokenness and flaws. Good people are the ones who say, I'm getting back up and I'm going to dust myself off and we're going to keep going. One of the biggest mistakes Christians make is when they fall, they stay there because they think, I just can't overcome. And in that moment, you are right because you put your eyes on you instead of the one who overcame, which is Jesus. When you fall, the Bible says in Proverbs, the righteous fall, a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. If I fell off a horse once, I am done. And I have, and I've got video to prove it. Horses and I, we stay away from each other. We have a mutual agreement, and that's okay, right? I respect you're a large, not smart animal, as am I. (laughs) You won't buck me, and I won't try to ride you. It's a long, long sordid history. Some of you are like, I could teach you. You keep believing that. But that being said, like, I realize if in the faith walk, the fall is actually a lot worse than being kicked off a horse sometimes. It does more sometimes than even break our necks. It breaks our spirit. And the Lord says, get up. And I'm not getting up because I'm better than this. No, I'm not actually. I'm the one who fell. And the Lord is the one who says, raise up, get up, keep going. Some of you are like, well, I haven't been in church in months. Welcome back. Let's go. Get up. Because you're, you're good. And we're good because we've been made good. We are saved by God's goodness. Right? Those verses, verse 4 and 5 and 6, when God revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. Not because of our righteous things we've done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins gave us a new birth, a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out His Spirit upon us through Christ our Savior. Because of His grace, He made us right in, the sight, in His sight and gave us confidence we'll inherit life. Just, just a few of those things. This is God's goodness to you. What does this say? It says He washes away our sins. The truth is the gospel of grace of Jesus Christ is scandalous. Everything you've ever done is washed away. Now I want you to, I'm I'm, going to try and, just stay with me. Do you know in the last few months or years of Jeffrey Dahmer's life, he gave his life to Christ in prison? Did you know that? He said the sinner's prayer with his father and began living a life of faith. There's actually a pretty interesting interview about it. I'm not going to endorse it because it talks about all the bad stuff he did too. And he did about some of the worst stuff you, you could imagine. Beyond just homosexuality, he would drug men, 
and then he would murder them, and eventually turned into cannibalism. As far gone and lost and, and, and messed up and demonically possessed as you could possibly be. The worst over the worst of humanity. And in the last moments, last few months and years of his life, he gives his life to Christ. And he says in these interviews, he's like, you know, I, I deserve everything I'm getting. This is where I should be. And I shouldn't be back out in public. The truth is I would probably give way to it again. I'm grateful to be here. And I, I believe my eternity is secure. Some of us wrestle with the idea that if I'm in heaven someday, that man might be near me. He might be. And if he is, let me ask you this. Are you okay with it? And if you're not, you are not okay with the gospel of grace. That's how amazing Jesus Christ is. Now, that being said, Jeffrey Dahmer won't be the Jeffrey Dahmer we knew here. He will be the new creation, the wholeness of himself, the like Jesus version of himself he was always meant to be. It's kind of interesting. His dad actually says in the interview, how did this happen? What, what, you know, because we all analyze, what did you do wrong as a parent, et cetera? What, why didn't he get this counseling? What went south in his life? And his dad said, I think he just lost sight of his creator. When Jesus makes us new, he makes us good. The only one who's good is Jesus. We are bad without him. Some people are so mad at the world for being the world. They're sinners. They don't know how to be good. If you don't know Jesus, I'm going to tell you something. I love you. We're so glad you're here. You don't know what it is to be good. You think you do. You don't. But if it makes you feel better, we were the same way. And then Jesus washed us. It also says he gives us a new life. Not a better life. God does not want to make you better. He wants to make you new. That's what he does. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. The truth is the faith walk is like you're born again every single day. Now you don't have to be, and we don't want you to say the sinner's prayer again every day. That's not, that's not what I'm saying but it is kind of like that. That's how God is never old. He's forever past, and yet he's never old. Because he doesn't age. He's the ancient of days, and yet his mercies are always new. Every day is brand new in Jesus Christ. It's so good. It's so good. You really can. I, I, know, I know we're not allowed to say this. You really can have your best life now because you get a brand new life every single day. How good is that? God's goodness is so good. It's better than our very best. That's how good God is. Say, you don't know what I've done. I don't need to. I know what he's done. And it's way better than your worst evil. God's goodness is far better than your worst darkness. He gives us his spirit. It says it even generously. Imagine people like us getting to tell people what the Holy Spirit might be saying in a moment. What right do we have to that? And yet he says, I want to do that for you. I want the God of the universe to speak to you, to speak through you, to change the course of history. 
Why? Who am I? You're nobody. But you're my son. You're my daughter. And I made you new. And I want to do something brand new through you. Every day. Man, God is good. He's so good. He gives us sight. We can see things we couldn't see before. I know some things that I do wrong, but I also know things I do right. That I'm like, I'm actually good. I'm good at some stuff. Do you know, some of you, you don't think good thoughts about yourself at all, and you think somehow that that's humility, or just, you know, God's good, and I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm just lucky he saved me. Oh. Well, you're kind of right, and you're kind of dead wrong. If my kids thought that I didn't love them or like them, I would be so hurt. Because I just think they're the absolute best in the world. I know their flaws, but they're my kids. Matter of fact, there was somebody not that long ago, man, I just, I didn't have a great relationship for the longest, longest time because they said stuff about my kids. And guess what? You don't like my kids. I don't like you. <laughs> You're like, I don't like his kids. I don't like you. <laughs> don't tell me. Because I don't want to know. Let's deal with it with the Lord. <laughs> We're not going to get along. And the Lord would say to you, if you don't like yourself, you don't like your kids. And God does not like that about you. Because God likes you. Some of us have self-talk that we have done, outdone the devil's job on ourselves. That we talk demonically about ourselves to ourselves. I'm the worst. I'm a loser. I'm always going to be fat. I'm always going to be alone. I'll never be with anybody. I'm just always going to be poor and bad with money. And the Lord would say to you, these are not my thoughts. You don't think God's goodness about you to yourself, and you should. Man, I'm not talking about never get a cold and we all have seven houses in Tahiti. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about living in the goodness of God. Paul, a guy who was in prison, shipwrecked, beaten, mocked, left for dead. It was like, man, God is good. Because Paul thought the thoughts of the Lord about himself. We need to change our mind that God is good. Matter of fact, yeah, that's the old thing. It's in my notes. We're going to do it right now. If you don't know it, you're going to get to know it. God is good. And all the time. Some of you are new and you're like, what? (laughs) What? And that's how I felt when I went to a Catholic church. Hang with me. All right. We're going to do it again. God is good. And all the time. And that's true. Do we believe it? The worst day of my life, when my son passed away, that day God was still good. That day wasn't good, but God was. I'm not telling you every day is going to be a good day, but I'm telling you every day God is good. I'm not telling you every day you're going to feel good, but I'm telling you every day you can feel good about God. Do you see the difference? God gives us, the last one is God gives us confidence in eternity. If you are wondering, some of us, some of you are Calvinists and you're just like, nope, I'm saved, once saved, always saved, saved forever. I've been saved before I was born. I'm super saved. Good for you, man. 
All right. Some of us, some of us are like, I, 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 I lost my salvation today like I lost my wallet. I just, I just keep losing it. Like, where are my keys and where's my salvation? Because it's gone. And I swear I left it right here. Right? Some of you, you walked out of the bar this morning and you're just like, I swear I left my salvation at the door. Where is it now? And the Lord would tell you, you are, you are to be confident that if you are saved, it is done, it's finished. No one can snatch you from his righteous right hand. Not in death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor things present, nor things to come can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Stand on it. Believe it. Shout it from the mountaintops. Come on, people. The goodness of God is unbelievable. We are good people because God's a good God. Many of us, we, we want to be good. And even, even, even if God says something bad to us by our perception, guess what? He's still good. You know when God calls something sin and says that's evil? It's not to make us feel bad. Though it does, and it should, the ultimate goal of that is to make us good. Everything God calls evil is for our good. He told Adam and Eve, don't eat that tree. You know what Eve, and Eve thought and eventually Adam with her, right? What did they think? Well, he wasn't good in what he told us there. I think they might have been wrong. <laughs> right? When God says, this is where I want sexuality, and that's good. Some of us would be like, oh, here we go, Bible thumping. No, 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 these are God's words. And if he tells that to us, it's for our good. Some of us don't want to believe it. We believe modernity has upended, upended biblical Christianity, and modernity is what is good. Let me tell you, where our society is now, it is not on a good trajectory. And it's within about 20 to 50 years, maybe, by God's grace, of just completely imploding, either being taken over by someone else or being morphed into a completely different society. That's where we are. That's where we're going. History has proven it. The Chinese Empire, the Roman Empire, the Mongolian Empire, and numerous others. Every single society that embraced this level of this much entertainment all the time, this much open sexuality, uh, this much debate and public discourse, deconstructed it, destroyed and became something else and was taken over. Every time. Why? Because there's no common value. Because we don't understand what a common good is. And a common good without Jesus Christ is no good at all. There is no common good without Jesus. But he made us good. When he says something bad, is bad, trust him with it. Until you figure out why. Most of the time, he'll let you know why that's bad. If you're like, but God, I disagree with you on this. Some of you are flipping through the bottom. You're like, but God, I disagree with this. And guess what? You can have that conversation. Let me tell you, you're wrong. But ask him why. He'll let you know. When God calls something evil, it's because he's good. It's not he's saying, that's evil, this is good. No, no, no. God is good. See, it's not hetero versus homosexuality. That's not... I love what Tim Keller said one time, and they're like, is, is, you know, is homosexuality send you to hell? And his answer was, well, no, because heterosexuality is not what sends you to heaven. 
Jesus is. Sin is what separates us from God. And God's goodness is what draws us back and redeems our lives. And we're all going to have things that we're like, God, I disagree with you. And let me tell you, I encourage you, ask God in the things you don't understand or disagree with him on to change you in that because he will. And the best part is, as we've seen, as, as much as society has fallen apart, God's good is actually good for all. When people obey God's principles, even as non-believers, even in those moments, we see that society flourishes. When a society follows Jesus, when, when Jesus' principles and the Bible principles are now input into society, society flourishes. Some people would argue, you can't legislate morality, right? That's a classic one, right? You can't legislate. Anybody ever heard that one? Some of you are like, I used that this morning, Twitter. <laughs> like, and I would tell you, that is a stupid statement that is untrue. Because if it is, then why do we have laws like you can't murder and you can't steal? That's what that is. That is the legislation of morality. You can legislate morality, and we should. Now, that being said, do I want a pastor or the pope, you know, staying in the White House and then patting each other on the back and doing each other? No. Here's what I want. I want everybody following Jesus. From the White House to the bunkhouse to the outhouse to whatever house, that's what we want. And when people follow Jesus across the spectrum, a nation is touched and saved. That's what happens. When, we, when God's goodness is on a people and people follow his principles, man, God smiles on them. Galatians 5.22 and 23, the Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And here's my favorite part. There is no law against these things. Right? Anybody ever get a ticket for being too gentle? <laughs> we get jailed up for being too kind? Anyone? No. Because they can't. There's no law against these things, and there never will be. But these things are the character of God. And when they are enacted out in the world by us, through us, to them, the common good arises. See, right? When the tide rises, all ships rise. I want to see God's goodness everywhere. I want Chase's story. I want it every week in this church. And why not? Because we're good people living out in a dark world. You say, Brian, it's so bad right now. I know, but God is still God and he's still good. Do not let the time sway your belief that God is good. That's what this table means. When nothing else is good, God is. And when nobody else around me is, we will be. I will be. I say this with humility. A few years ago, my wife 
very sweetly. She's so much better at the big birthdays than me. When my 40th hit, she did something so spectacular. And I was like, here we go, flowers. She got me this book, and many of you wrote in it. I have a brother who's not serving Jesus. And he writes in the book, he goes, you know, there's just something about Brian. He just, he has this innate goodness. And I remember first reading that, and I think, yeah, that's not true. And the Holy Spirit just kind of DM'd me in that moment, you know, like, oh, Brian, it is true. And it's me. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. Yeah.